Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani. And today's guest is somebody I felt inspired to get on the show for a very long time. To backtrack a bit, a common question I get is, how do you get some of these guests on your show? Um, Especially when I have a bigger name on. And half the time, my answer is, through a publicist. And the common folk usually says... What is a publicist? And my guest today, Ola Mazuka. She is a publicist as well as somebody who wears many, many hats, has a history of being a music media journalist in Toronto, which led to her job as a publicist. And if you're one of those people who are asking, what is a publicist? You are going to find out on this episode. And she's not only defined as that, like I said, she has a history in music media. And right now, she's created a brand called Sonic Fold. Conducts interviews on a podcast segment called The Fold. And like your boy Sean right here, she tells these incredible unfiltered stories. And this is a great talk. And like I said, I felt inspired to have her on for a very long time. Beyond her hooking me up with some really great guests throughout the history of the creative imbalance, I just always admire the way she conducts herself. And even beyond helping me get guests, she's also has taken care of many friends of mine with her role as a publicist. And I can't praise her enough of how great of a job she does helping other people. And when we usually cross paths... Uh, she's been in business mode, which she takes very, very seriously. But beyond projecting a, a quite serious tone, I always felt, I don't know, it's hard to explain, like a radiant, just passionate soul from her. Almost like a vibe when she walks in the room. And one thing I always thought is, we need an Ola episode on the creative imbalance. And like my intuition told me, We had a fantastic talk, and I'm excited to send this one to you. You're going to learn all about our history, segueing her passions into a job, the creation of Sonic Fold, and like a lot of episodes of the Creative Imbalance podcast, we start off with just talking about on-the-surface type of things, and that somehow, by the end of it, segueing into talk of cosmic situations about intuition and just signs in life of pointing you where you're supposed to be. And um, there's a few things I forget, and I'm excited to listen to this back right now. Hey, guys, this is Sean from the future who had to cut in. Uh, just listen back to the audio. And I want to do a quick apology, even though you'll be able to understand everything that's said in this interview For some reason, my microphone is just sounding weird. Ola sounds great. I sound like I'm interviewing her through a tin can. (laughs) And it's weird because I've used that microphone before, had no problems. And even I had headphones on and I didn't notice it. But yeah, I hope you guys don't mind at all. I'll get that situated. And thanks again for listening. Back to original intro, Sean of the Past. 
But before we get into it, I want to let you know, if you are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pod Addict, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, just to let you know, each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to see a picture of Ola. You're going to have a link if you want to check out her show, The Fold, and how you can follow that on social media. But without further ado, here's Ola Mazuka coming at you right now. Earth Radio in session. Um, in terms in terms of having personal interests, I'm a really and just in general, I'm a really 150 percent kind of person. And so when I find something that I really love or that resonates with me, I dive and I go all in. Yeah, yeah. It could have been anything that I've discovered, you know, from Hayao Miyazaki films in, at age 12, like Saw Spirited Away, Life Change, Watch Them All. Sick. found found metal like you know started off with grunge like the the, the foray into my heavy era was yeah, like yeah. you know grunge at maybe age 12 13 in elementary school like nirvana Soundgarden, um what else yeah, in chains as well yeah allison chains allison yeah. chains. chains got into a bit later in high school when i yeah, started yeah. playing guitar um no i started playing guitar in elementary school sorry but um yeah but yeah all that stuff and then you know, you want heavier and heavier and heavier. <laughs> yeah, I know about older. the rabbit hole, too. <laughs> yeah, the, rabbit yeah. hole, the rabbit hole gets <laughs> yeah. more and more extreme, so you do that research, and um, it just gets, like, heavier from there. And I, I I, started playing guitar when I was, God, I don't even remember, maybe t- uh, 12, 12, 13. That's so cool. I didn't start with acoustic, as everyone tells you should. Yeah. It tells you to do, but um, started playing electric guitar first. And um, got into uh, like a lot of guitarists, like so listening to a lot of Jimi Hendrix. I'm a big fan of like G3 dudes, like Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, um, John Petrucci, uh, all those all those legends, yeah, like, like the gods. Steve Vai, <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. like for the love of God, and you know, um, uh, passion. What is it? Passion warfare. Yeah, yeah. That that tune. So. Um, that's so sick I'm like, yeah, yeah freaking like I love uh, man I saw Steve I at Massey Hall few, uh, way back too and I was like crying it, like time. just melt your brain oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's so cool but anyway sorry I'm rambling on it's I'm okay. on my yeah, music journey that's what it's all about but yeah. um yeah so just in short delving further and got into heavier music from there in high school a, f- a friend's brother um was really into like the heavier stuff um like uh, Metallica, the big four, like yeah, Thrash, yeah. Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, um, uh, you know, um, they're Scandinavian, the family, so my friend's family, so um, they're into a lot of stuff like Enslaved and Amon Amarth and yeah, a lot yeah. of bands out of Norway, Sweden, Denmark. So I kind of got into that through that group of friends and then I just delved further 
Um, and that led to my discovery of the subgenres. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you keep so going further and thrash further. Is, and thrash digging. is heavy. Yeah, what's heavier yeah. than thrash? Yeah, yeah. Death metal. What's heavier than death metal? Uh, you know, Swedish death metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's heavier than that? Technical death metal. What's heavier than that? Black metal. Norwegian black metal. Mm-hmm. Black metal from parts of Latin America, you know, South yeah. America, things like that, that get further and further um, grindcore, napalm death, yeah, repulsion. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's so cool, like, how you, like you said, you're like a 150% person. Like, yeah. you like something and it's you're going to be all about it. And what's awesome is music has became a job for you mm-hmm. in I kind of want to know how that segue into you being a publicist. And also, it's kind of like such an interesting job, too, because I feel like a lot of consumers of music and consumers of media and interviews, they don't know what a publicist is. Like, I've been asked, like, how do I get some of my guests? And I mentioned, like, either you or, like, some of the movie people who, like, hit me up or whatever. And they're they're like, oh, really? Like, that's how it goes? And like, yeah, you're kind of like wrangle and organize and... Just, I want to know how you, uh, did it start with indoor recess or were you doing something else like a yeah. freelance way or? Sure. So yeah. I'll, I, like, I don't know if you want me to go way back cause there's like a long, I'll, I'll try to summarize it for you yeah, as best yeah. as possible, but there's like a long journey into how I got here. But that point you mentioned so true. A lot of people don't know what publicists do. I'll yeah, go to family yeah. gatherings all the time and they'll be like, so Ola, you must be doing a lot of interviews these days. Right. And I'm like, I'm facilitating a lot of interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like do them and write them for the star. Like yeah, yeah. someone else does them. I facilitate that process. You know, mm-hmm. we facilitate that process at Indoor Recess. Um, but my my journey goes back to um, being in high school and so heavy into metal um, and reading. I used to subscribe to magazines, Terrorizer, Revolver, Decibel. Oh, wow, yeah. So you were just all about metal. Yeah. Yeah. My parents used to take us as kids sometimes to go to, you know, no longer there, but the the coffee mill, famous Hungarian low-key spot um, in Yorkville. And beside it was this cool um, magazine shop called Press International, Mm -hmm. and they sold, like, Metal Hammer and a lot of the U.K. and European... um, uh, like Krang, like publications. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. they were 12 bucks, but like I'd like, you know, use my allowance or babysitting money to buy them. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and like I would just read for days. Yeah. And Did I, you ever take out like the the folds and stuff and yeah, like, put, put up the posters like on your locker or your room? still in my, 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 my old bedroom at my parents' place. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I've got like a Sepultura poster in there. Yes. They take, <laughs> you know, exclusive Sepultura, like, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the infold, like the, the fold in the magazine. So anyway, yeah. um, yeah, and, and I wanted to share that passion with the world, and I was like, how can I do this? Like, what? how am I going to be able to do this? So I thought maybe writing about it would be the best means to express my, my love for, for the, the art and the art form. In the age of MySpace, um, we're going back there, there I discovered a um, webzine called The Metal Pit, and they're based out of St. Mary's, Ontario. And I found that out there, you know, Canadian webzine, and they were looking for writers. I pitch the editor through MySpace saying I'm based in Vaughn, Canada, you know, I'm, I'm looking to um, just try and become like a writer, like I would love to write for your publication and uh, shout out to Blake Mossy for giving me my giving me my first opportunity, my first chance and believing yeah, in me yeah. 
and yeah from there did a lot of really cool things would review shows uh would review like promo cds like review and that must have been an exciting time for you because it kind of is like the transition from being like a hardcore fan and then all of a sudden it's like okay i'm on a guest list to a show or i get this album early or that was later on yeah that was like through that came later through writing for hellbound so hellbound just celebrated 10 years Oh, congratulations yeah to <laughs> yeah i'm one of the original staff writers although i don't contribute actively anymore like i've done a lot of off and on um special blog posts and stuff but um we just celebrated 10 years shout out to sean palmerston another person that gave me an incredible opportunity that really launched my career um through there i got you know that was more of like a lot of show reviews and a lot of really awesome interviews I've interviewed members of like cataclysm oh, and um uh, I've interviewed Phil Anselmo. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, Pantera. that was Pantera. like a really like, amazing experience for me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Call me Hun. You know, he's like, thanks, Hun, for your time. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, so, so was he pretty nice? Because uh, yeah, I always nice. like, um, you, you see him in like articles once in a while of like little like tabloid like blow ups and stuff yeah. like that. And I, 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 I read those and I'm like, I wonder if me and this guy get along. Like, he seems a little standoffish, but. That's cool that you had a really good experience. Yeah, him. it was through. The, I was on by by phone, and uh, no, he was super super nice. So, oh, ha- he, like, had some really cool experiences um, through there. But that was like a lot. Yeah, I, I wrote a ton of reviews for Hellbound. Um, started my own blog called the Blasphemy Blog, which was like a culture blog related to anything black metal related. Wow. I also had a food blog on there called Hellbent for Cook. Um, no, uh, Blasphemous Meals, which was based, <laughs> which was based on Hellbent for Cooking, a, a metal cookbook by Anik Giroux, published on Bazillion Points. Shout out Ian Christie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was. Yeah, this I is, did a this lot is of awesome work. to hear because I. I can tell, like, you're in the metal, like, we've talked about it a bit here and there, but I didn't realize how yeah. deep you are, because oh, yeah. also with your publicist uh, jobs, you're doing, like, all sorts of, like, from hip-hop to folk to, like, dance mm-hmm. music, you're just, but I can tell you genuinely enjoy all those other genres, too, and that kind of connects to, I guess, your childhood and upbringing, but... It's funny what happens to people when they start diving into metal. There's like a time period where they just become all about it. And that's happened to me. That happened to friends. And then it's you almost go around in full circle and just start like listening to everything again. And then you're and then you're on the tour bus of your favorite you know, yeah. artist yeah, yeah. <laughs> later, like 10 years later. Yeah. But um, yeah, like that's that's my start. I wrote for Exclaim mm-hmm. for for a while. I wrote for um, now defunct. A webzine called Metallus Maximus, which is really great, also from Canadian publication. Um, and then from there, wrote for a lot of lifestyle magazines. My other beat um, in between music journalism was like the diaspora beat. So writing for Panorama Italia magazine, writing for Large Up, focusing on Caribbean arts and culture, uh, specifically in the Toronto, like on can- Canadian diaspora. Um, and that kind of stems back to my roots of, you know, being exposed to that kind yeah, of music. yeah and culture as well um and um yeah i was a features editor of a women's print publication for a while um and then through the journalism i went to school for journalism multimedia journalism at ryerson um yeah, but but in that time as well i got a role at um the mcmichael canadian art collection i don't know if you're familiar with it um, you, you know where the group of seven, there's a lot of their works held there. It's in Kleinberg. Okay, I, I've heard of it, but I don't, I don't know like too much yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a smaller, it's not the AGO, but it's a smaller form um, 
focused on Canadian art, um, a lot of Indigenous art as well, oh, yeah. uh, just off the Humber River, Humber Trail in Kleinberg. And I mean, majority of the group of seven are actually buried on site in the front. There's like a memorial garden and cemetery. Um, and um, and I discovered a job there um, while I was in university because at the time I had been working retail and, and freelancing and going to school full time and commuting to um, make it all happen, <laughs> to pay for school and everything. And at that busy, time, busy, busy, busy. yeah. And at the time, I was looking for expansion, and this role came up uh, for a project coordinator role at McMichael to help them with an accessibility initiative um, called the Enabling Change Program. So I don't know what the status is of that now, but basically, the Accessibility Directorate of Ontario they had this grant where organizations could, you know, use it to develop accessible means of any sort for their organization, primarily non-profit and broader public sector. And I was the coordinator of that initiative at the McMichael where they were working to develop accessible and inclusive uh, programming for people living with special needs and accessibility challenges. And the deliverable of that, like that was a big coordinator, like project management role of overseeing a lot of things, oh, a lot yeah. of scheduling, a lot of organization, mm -hmm. management of our partner organizations, like management between art instructors and the parents, the guardians, the, the youth, um, seniors as well that came through. Um, and the final deliverable was a guidelines document um, uh, for other arts and cultural organizations on how they can deliver similar programming. It's actually in the Legislative Library of Ontario now. Wow. And I, I wrote it. Oh, um, that's amazing. In, with, in collaboration with my colleagues and the partner organizations. And that was an incredible experience for me. That was almost three years. And I still, to this day, hold it very dear. And I think at that point, I realized when that contract ended, I was like, what What do I do now? Mm -hmm. I, I love helping people. I you know, I really love helping people and that frame and I've always loved supporting people, but that, that role gave me so much joy and it was a really rewarding role to see things um, progress and to, to, to see it's so challenging but but to really see um, growth within people and to see them being supported like meant a lot for me and to make space for people. Yeah, and yeah. I, I guess at that time I was in a like uh, I spent about almost a year freelancing um, doing various like um, freelance PR. I was a publicist for a tattoo artist. Um, I did some freelance journalism for Post City Magazine, some publications. Did a lot of like digital media management for artists and creatives and like website building and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like, I don't know, just this point of your life is kind of like almost taking you to publicist boot camp in a way with like all yeah, the management and just like beyond understanding art forms and like just different types of people like i couldn't even imagine but it's like you're getting like thrown right into the ringer through like this whole time and it's adapting like a part of you yeah, yeah. it totally it totally did yeah. it totally prepared me for what was to come later and and through that time it was it was a lot i was managing about six clients at once you know freelancing and and it became a lot and I was in this frame of mind like what do I want to do right now do I want to be a nonprofit? do I want like I really want to help people but I'm trying to tap back into my core passions and who I am as a person and yeah yeah that in that fall winter time I I finally um <laughs> I had wanted to write for noisy Oh, yeah, for yeah. like so many years and I finally got a piece in there and it kind of like tapped back into my music journalism yeah, cool. and like I actually interviewed Snow 
Oh, nice. <laughs> the informer. Yeah, I don't know. I just channeled one day. I was like, what is he doing? Maybe I should pitch a story to Vice. Yeah. And, and they're like, they're also like, yeah, what is he doing? Yeah, wait, Go yeah. find out. Yeah. Ola. Find out, find out. Yeah. So I did. Um, and, uh, and at that time I was actively looking for a, like a full-time new role because I was, you know, looking to, to really like uproot and like finally move downtown full-time and like just, yeah, move along with my life yeah, yeah. fully. And, um, the role for, you know, uh, publicity coordinator, uh, coordinator consultant and publicist pub, sorry yeah, publicist at indoor recess came up and and i applied through the working culture job board yeah. old school style oh yeah <laughs> and, and in the uh, resume and, and and yeah and um here i am today merging my you know project cor- coordination experience and my love for music my my passion for music and just a lot of the communications um uh, experience that I've had, but also the intention to help people grow oh, in awesome. all forms, yeah. but especially with the root of their careers and especially with things that they really they really care about, which is their art and their music. Yeah, and so. I believe you're so successful at that. Like, just I know a couple people who work with you. you like you'll like Cat uh, Clyde, for example, and they her and Strummer they praise you so much as like a publicist and like even uh, you introduced me to John Orpheus, another one of your guys. And uh, who's became a friend of mine now, and he's just people like uh, it seems like lots of like creatives need somebody like you to like almost push them in the right direction when it comes to getting their music out or like um, even like doing interviews and stuff like that. And you just fucking kill it all. But it's it's cool to it's also cool to hear your backstory because now I'm like, oh, that's why it's like so many pieces of the puzzle coming into like your personality that I see now. And it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very honored and flattered. Yeah. So how long have you been with, uh, indoor recess? About three and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been a really rewarding experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, really awesome. Very, very blessed to do, to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got off, uh, North by Northeast as well too. Yes. Yes. How was that week? Oh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's I can't even crazy. imagine. Like, I remember seeing you last week, and you asked me how I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of busy. And then as I was telling you how busy I was, I had this thought in my mind. It's says, how dare I complain about how busy I am to Ola when no. I know how your schedules get when you're it's like CMW or whatever. It's like nonstop email running around. And I don't believe like in comparing people's like busyness or adversity at all yeah yeah i think it's all relative so (laughs) don't worry um it's all relative we we all you know deal with it and handle it in various ways but yeah these are the weeks of the year like june is like may and june i'm like like right now i'm averaging eight hours total over three days of sleep holy shit yeah yeah yeah. no lie um is a lot of the time spent with like one artist or is it multiple like multiple like um you know this week haven't had too too much press going on but like yeah there's been there's been press appointments and shows like the shows take up a lot of time and and it's just often that a lot of the set times overlap quite Uh, a lot and so you're running from venue to venue and you know trying to make the set time and then things get pushed back and with the raptors winning this week too like Uh, you you ain't going nowhere (laughs) well stuff really changed you know but yeah yeah. it happens it's life yeah yeah it's cool and you just roll with the punches and yeah. And what's amazing, too, is on the other hand, like 
you as a creative yourself, you started doing podcasting as well. Mm-hmm. And um, right now you're doing Sonic Fold, but I remember for a while you were doing something a little bit before that, was it? Yeah, yeah. So I was um, in a project um, called Banter Radio with a, with a, a, another person that worked on that project as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and that was a about three years, multimedia platform and a podcast that focused on um, artists, uh, creatives, producers um, in the city of Toronto and just sharing their stories and sharing their work. And that was a really awesome experience um, and is like the foundation of podcasting for me. And podcasting for me is my means of maintaining my, my journalism, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my yeah. means of feeding that, um, you know, that passion as well and feeling yeah. that. And um, with that project, I started a um a series called Views, which focused on self-identified women primarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jo is actually in in the in one of the episodes <laughs> with Sarah. Oh, Sarah okay, Ruther. cool, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to Sarah. Yeah, love Sarah and and Jo and Chanel, and um, you know, because he's an ally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was primarily focused on a very feminist-driven um, series mm-hmm. that kind of had a more holistic approach at looking at like talking about trauma, talking about motherhood, talking about health and wellness, talking about um, personal experiences, um, social issues, social action, all these things that, um, you know, contributed to that person's art and how their art contributes to those topics as well. It's really reciprocal, but also a safe space for them to share. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, especially like, it's cool that you took that approach and angle and it's probably something you deeply care about and everything but it's also something you don't see a lot on like mainstream television everything's yeah. kind of like cookie cutter style of whatever and it's not going too deep into like the hearts and minds of people and that's what I really appreciate about like your podcasting content thank you like even though it's like a lot of like the perspective like from women like I feel like a lot of like men can enjoy the podcast too and learn something about it too. And uh, even I noticed you took that direction with Sonic Fold as well, right? Yeah. It was just like you wanted to keep that same spirit going and like kind of rebrand it. Well, um, it's 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 a a complete rebirth. Um, Sonic Fold is you know views definitely has like. there's there's a lot of inspiration from that in what Sonic Fold is. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm you know definitely including everyone. It's it's non-binary. It's all it's all inclusive. It's oh, right to, on, right to, on. to everyone and not just focused on self-identified women. But it's based on um, essentially the MO is diverse voices cultivating community connections. Mm-hmm. And there's so much community in sharing your story because my intention as a journalist, uh, you know, especially in covering women for Chloe magazine back in the day when I was a features editor of that publication. It was all about just expressing that you're not alone. How can we get that out to people? Yeah, How yeah. can we share someone's story or facilitate that mm-hmm. by, you know, and to ensure people that they're not alone in what they're going through and whatever it may be. And so um, that is like one of the root foundations of my journalism. But with Sonic Fold, it's a two-fold uh, platform, um, partly my consultation services. I have a lot of friends that do really dope things. Yeah, yeah. Really awesome organizations. You've been in the mix for them for like over a decade, you know? It's just yeah. like it's like your community now. So it's, yeah. Dawa yeah. Pothikeri, Sulafa, um, Syzygy Toronto, Kyla and Marika. Like my friends run some really awesome platforms and organizations that help people and so i've like 
collaborated with them on various things. And, and so they're like um, partners or collaborators in a way in, in the Sonic Fold community. But in that community as well, um, and, I, and I also offer like live panel moderation and, you know, hosting live interviews and things like that too. There's also, there's, there's, a, there's a, a bunch on there. But yeah, yeah. The, the concept is like, I, I'm trying to make like an oral, like A-U-R-A-L, business card for people and I, I'm with that community space I'm looking like to see like how can we share our stories and feel that more resonant versus a paper business card yeah yeah and so it's a means for them to collaborate with each other but also whoever's listening is like wow they could really come into my organization or help me with this or help someone I know because I, they're real like they're real like yeah, what they're yeah. saying is felt I really understand what 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 they're what they're expressing um, it resonates with me I feel understood like this could be in alignment with who I am so that's partly um an element of of the community aspect but yeah it's all about cultivating community in every sense of the word and through various means yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah and it's cool like uh, to hear you on the other side like like I met you through you doing the publicist stuff but like listening to you as an interviewer you were really you're like just so good at it because you've probably been around like thousands and thousands of different interviews and just like how you interview your guests or whatever you can tell they get like comfy right away and you can just really bring out like a realness in them like almost like what you were saying and like uh with um with how how you wanted to to just like put that light on people and stuff like that yeah i call it a safe sonic space yeah yeah. i try my best to 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 make that and i'm all i'm still learning there's like no expertise here you know it's very DIY, mm-hmm. but I am, I just do my best to, to create that. And, and that's just like a huge intention for me is to just help people share their stories. Cause I feel like everyone is special and everyone's important. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a cool story to share. Everyone has a journey that, that is um, meaningful and is valid. So um, yeah, anything that I believe in or that's in alignment with those values too, with the platform, like I want to share that through through these interviews and through these features. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, like, I noticed you did a couple, like, live ones as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, How I, does that feel? Do you like doing it live? Is it Because it's, it's, like, a different vibe than doing the one-on-ones. It's so, like, it's so, I don't want to say scary, but, yeah, it's scary. It's yeah. thrilling. Yeah, like, it's more thrilling. exciting. Like, you but don't know what's like, going to happen, the unknown. Like, my tr- the, I listened back to them, like, once over and something, and I'm like, I'm not listening to this ever again. <laughs> That's what a lot of the stuff I put out. But, yeah, yeah. I um, do that with every episode, yeah, too. Like, I edit it, and it's like, okay, universe. it's out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, next. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I love doing live. I think it's so cool. I had the opportunity, the first interview for, for Sonic Fold, well, for the Fold podcast. It's called the Fold podcast, um, bringing people into the Fold. People unfold so they can be into the Fold. And, mm. Yeah, how, how do you bring people into the Fold? Um, was with Heroic Humans at their one-year anniversary back in October. And I did a live interview at the venue with Dana Clark, the founder, because she had never told her story. Her platform is all about is sharing people's stories and how they are heroic humans and it could range from your local barista to um the bus driver that picks you up at your stop yeah, every day yeah. um to your boss or to your cousin that's that just went through something really serious and so dana had never had her story um like told or like she hadn't really been able to share it so at the one year anniversary anniversary we did a live interview in front of um 130 people Whoa, i've never yeah, done that yeah. before 
that's awesome. not a lot. That's no, really no, not it, a lot. But that's, but that's like, a huge step. Yeah. <laughs> I've done stand-up in front of five people and got, like, terrified. But there's, hey, like, matter. yeah, yeah. And um, I've talked to, like, actually a lot of people in bands, too, and they prefer a bigger crowd, too, because they said, like, if you're, like, at a small bar and there's, like, ten people there, like, you're looking at each and every one of them, like, oh, how's this person feel or whatever. But when it's, like... A hundred plus, it just almost turns into this blob sea, and then you can, I don't know, I guess this, this is not for everybody, but just my one friend who was a guitar player was like, yeah, you, you kind of just lose it, and you're like, oh, whatever, and just play to the abyss, but yeah. did you feel that way with the, the big crowd there, like you were just could like focus on the interview yeah, yeah i just had to it's so funny because i was so sick that day oh, i think really? i had a fever like r- during the interview i was burning up nervous as hell oh, and like that's a that's a scary day I, to wake up sick too it's like oh there's this yeah. big moment and then fuck and i just had to zen out yeah. like i just had to be present super present and mm-hmm. and get into that that mode and uh, I did it, like, you know, I did it. And yeah, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, it was great. And Dana's awesome. And, yeah, so, and then did another one for ISO Radio. Mm-hmm. Shout out to JM Cam and Frieza Chin um, uh, for their Women's Day uh, broadcast in March. And that was really awesome with Amalia, an artist from Toronto that I really admire. So uh, Amazing, amazing. Yeah, so um, you got a lot of momentum. How many um, episodes are you at right now? Nine. Nine. Nice, nice. It'll be ten per season. Cool. I would like that. That's yeah, my intention. Yeah. Um, so we have one more to close out and looking into more multimedia, um, you know, collaborating with, with people to produce more video content potentially. I'm always looking to expand with that. And yeah, yeah. I'd like to explore more live moderation and live interviews as well too. So that's something I'm trying to work on more. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, with your uh, job of being a publicist, being almost time demanding, uh, do you find like there's, it's hard to balance like the ambition of doing your own work with your, with um, like just doing the publicist stuff as well? Like how do you find the time to do, because it's a very ambitious project, but you're doing it, you're doing it (laughs) somehow. Somehow, Yeah, somehow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, a lot of hours, yeah. yeah There's, like, yeah. a lot of hours that go into both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love all those hours, and I'm very blessed to yeah. have those hours. Like, I don't see you as, like, a binge watcher. Like, go home, just, like, turn on Netflix for a weekend. I see you, like, you probably go home and go on your computer. Okay, what's next? Emails, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I listen, I love, I, and I love to consume film and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. too. But, uh, yeah, don't count on me to know about a series or watch it well no mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, there's yeah. a couple that I've, I've watched but um, yeah how does it all get done that's a really good question um, I'm pretty merciless in terms of like you know setting the intention to get stuff done yeah yeah I wake up really early mm. um, do you go to bed really late as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, get up, I try to get up at 5am every single day um, to uh so it's, I I I um I meditate. Good. I'm good. going on almost two years. Nice, straight. nice. And um, I get up, I practice, I have a coffee, have put. put so when you get up, does meditating is is meditating first or <laughs> yeah. Is it, yeah yeah I meditate early in the morning yeah. to start my day, and then I kind of get to it after 
That's awesome. So, yeah. I actually tried to do a routine where I'd meditate right in the morning, but I found that once in a while I'd fall back asleep. Like, I'd get up, like, not as early as you, like, probably, like, around 8, and I'd just, like, kind of, like, go into, like, a little pose and close my eyes and then wake up and say, oh, three hours is gone. And, like, yeah. does, does that ever happen to you, like, since you're going to bed so late at it night? It has, but, yeah, like, I, 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 I do, like, I meditate to, like, music or a track or bells. Like, like I have, like, a nice. timer on. Yeah. So like I, unless I'm like super exhausted, then I then um, um, yeah, I'm pretty focused on my practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is there like um, like a specific routine you do every day or? for meditation? Yeah, yeah. Um, it varies. Um, started two years ago, and I had you know dabbled in it before. Um, with my mother, uh, my mom, you know, suggested it and kind of introduced it to me after I was going through a, seri- a really serious time. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it's been uh, immense and just so invaluable in, in my healing process. And um, yeah, actually s- super, just sending so much love and thanks to meditation. Yeah, that's because beautiful. it's a huge part of my life. Yeah. It's now become like a part of my routine, like in spirituality for me. It's like not like just something I do and not because I think it's hype. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a part of my routine. Yeah. Um, something that I do every day. Uh, I've dabbled in a lot of different kinds. I've done, uh, you know, Buddhist-based practice. I've done kirtan, um, like like Sanskrit mantra-driven things. Um, but I, I try to stick to like a time meditation, guided meditation, music, um, no, that's awesome. So yeah. you, you kind of just switch it up. I like, switch it up. For, and do you have I like... Have an app. Div- oh, okay, yeah, cool, cool. So. I'm going to have to get this from you too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. Um, and you, you said like it kind of like helped you when you were going through like a really like dark time and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, do you feel like, I don't know, like me and me and a friend like kind of like had a heated debate on this too, like almost about like finding natural ways to I don't know, heal yourself and almost like in the modern time, there's like, it seems like it's all pushed with like a lot of pills. It's just like, yeah. oh, you feel sad? Here's an upper. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're, you're too hyper? Here's like a downer. But I feel like, I don't know, just me personally from doing like meditation myself, it's helped me so, so, so much. And it's almost like just taking that moment to stop and think. And I like, I don't know the science behind it, but it almost feels like, there's just like wavelengths in my brain that start healing and connecting and like I don't know <laughs> it's like it's hard for me to explain but it's more like a feeling I get while I'm doing it if I'm like going through some troubles or something but do you feel that way too when you get in that zone totally yeah. I, I do believe it's all at the cellular cellular level a majority majority mm-hmm. of things I'm not an expert by any yeah, means yeah. but I've been through some things yeah and uh, <laughs> I've seen some shit man <laughs> uh, yeah and and you know also things that are very physiological so uh, it's tough because I've been in experiences where it's like no like this is going to be what's going to help your healing mm-hmm. and there are things that are that it's it's bigger than that and there are other elements that that come into the fold that that support the healing process and yeah, I do yeah. believe that yeah there are so many holistic and natural ways to, to heal so many different things yeah, yeah um and i've been you know i've done various forms of therapy over the last how many years yeah. maybe 15 years yeah so. but talking is amazing too to yeah just let that out too is like yeah a lot of people don't do that <laughs> they'll like, they keep it in like i don't know there's just something where it's like 
our culture, like, people don't want to show that they're feeling weak at certain points, too, when sometimes it's, like, the best thing to just let it all out and tell somebody, and that's, like, such a amazing process. And yeah. even, like, with your podcast history, too, like, you talk about, like, I, I remember, like, um, hopping in a live chat you were doing uh was like the other week actually with Liz yeah yeah, yeah. and Liz you Lockery. you guys were kind of like talking about like the perspective of being women in the industry and I was learning a lot from it, it was kind of captivated as well but it's almost like putting that out there too and other people listening to it in your who are like in your shoes we'll get healing from that as well too. So there's, I don't know, there's power with like talking about certain situations and Mm -hmm. stuff that maybe a lot of people bury. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think it's really transformative and it's really cathartic and it's, it's helpful, you know, going back to like the intentions that I have with a lot of my work is to ensure that, you know, maybe to to help someone feel a little less alone, to feel more supported, to feel heard to feel seen and be seen mm-hmm. and um included yeah and i think by being able to share the fact that we are all human yeah is just so real and it's really important and to be just really like raw about it and and you know i yeah it's very powerful to talk about things and we're getting like there are a lot of things that even that i've been through when i was young and there was so much stigma around it like you couldn't even talk about it now there are things that they're like get it's getting a bit better there's still a long way to go but Mm -hmm. we're at a really different place now than we were five ten years ago yeah i want to say it's so it's actually so crazy how much of a change like like you said like back in the day there was like a stigma and like even like as growing up as like a dude like being around like all like these manly men they're just like oh we don't cry we like bury it and like i thought that's like what you had to do and then just like that turns into problems later on in life you know and just i don't know it's like it's 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 crazy it's cool that uh yeah the world is getting more open to and uh, like you said human on yeah. in a way yeah and uh even with this show too it's making me realize the importance of just being real in general. Cause like, I'll have like some conversations and um, with different guests and I always like try to make it as real as possible and just like tap into people's hearts. But sometimes when I'm doing these episodes, I'm like, Oh, this conversation is kind of for me. And then I'll put it out there. And then weeks later I'll be getting like little emails from people. It's like, yo, this like, I was on my way to work and I listened to this and your guest said this or whatever and it really like changed my day and stuff. So I don't know, there's there's such power to just kind of not bury, I don't know, like to kind of break the stigma, I'm saying. And I feel like it's get it more as time goes on, we're like our generation's chipping away at it more and more and more. Yeah, yeah and we're still not totally there, but I think like stuff like what you're doing with like Sonic Fold and everything is helping like it smash those walls you know like well thank you yeah. i mean I, I that's that's the goal right that's mm-hmm. the mission and i believe that you do that too yeah like i i love listening to the creative imbalance like uh, i'm thank a you fan so much. i am a fan <laughs> yeah. uh, and i do heart. and yeah. i love i really do I, you do that you really you create a, a safe sonic space for people you do you really do oh thank you and thank you, you interview a, a plethora of guests 
and people of all walks of life and they are super comfortable it's audible you can feel that and sense that so like i think you're definitely on that journey too and you're definitely working to do that you know because you sense that value in the human spirit mm-hmm. that that's so yeah. needed and so real and that like yeah we need to shine a light on this and we, we need to to really um highlight these facets more and um yeah, no, I, I believe uh, that. Thanks. Yeah. That means yeah. a lot coming from you because yeah. I know you've seen a billion interviews in your life. Like, you're around it every listen, day, too. Listen. So that's it's like awesome. people at home listening. That's the highest compliment from oh, me. No, yeah. No, for real. Yeah, no, yeah, awesome. yeah. The last one that you did, too, was super reflective. Oh, uh, the one I did by myself? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Love that's, that. Thank you. That's one I haven't listened to it back. And I almost forgot <laughs> what I said, no, but really but a great. lot of people are telling me that too, which is, I don't know, it's um, it feels good because like it was something I was vulnerable to do, but it just felt like, I don't know, just my mind was racing and like felt like my heart was exploding with like some sort of passion. I didn't know what to do with that energy. And I was thinking of like a lot of great musicians I like, and I hear what they say. It's like, oh, those are when the best songs come out or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like oh what do i do where can i channel that energy and i just fucking turned on the zoom recorder and just started talking and just threw it out there but you did it yeah yeah i guess it worked out then but yeah yeah oh there was something else that i was gonna say i just lost it but Sorry, <laughs> oh, it's, it's all good it's all good but um yeah it's uh it's really cool to get your story because you're the type of person who is a storyteller in a way and even like when it's beyond you doing interviews you're pushing people as like your job to get noticed and out there and strategically like kind of like planning out their days and stuff like that and i think you're just like a special person to like the toronto community of art and everything and yeah i just want to i want to thank you to that like not just beyond myself like just like for i'm sure people who you've worked with like just want to give you the biggest thank you because and you're kind of like i don't know um being a publicist you're kind of like in the shadows or whatever so it's really cool to shine this light on you today and get people to know you and stuff like that well thank you sean i'm like i don't see myself as that at all like yeah yeah i don't don't identify as being a really you know important figure in the toronto community but um, i know you don't you're just like way too humble but it's awesome no (laughs) but i think that's that's also like what makes you so good at what you do too like you just kind of put yourself aside and put people ahead of you and stuff and it's it's a beautiful thing it's like a it's a very i don't know i find like some people they've been in like i've met been in positions where they can work with all these like different artists or whatever but then they didn't really like excel in it because they spent their whole day doing Instagram stories or just like partying or whatever. But it just seems like you're just, I don't know, just got like such a strong mindset to get like your job done around like being around like some of these artists you grew up listening to and stuff. And I don't know, there's there's power and strength to that. There's, because even like I'm sure sometimes internally you're like half a fangirl like hey I I grew up listening to you or whatever but you I can tell you see there needs to be a job done and totally totally that you know artists are also human too yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and and yeah well going back thank you for everything um number one but yeah um I truly I've never fully known and understood the 
the fact that it is completely possible to live your dream mm. completely um i am fortunate and very blessed and grateful enough that i have had many moments in the last few years where i'm like this <laughs> this is this is happening really yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> no this cannot be happening in, a, in awesome. the best of ways yeah, yeah. in the most blessed of ways and um i just have a lot of gratitude for that full circle full circle mm-hmm. it comes around if you're an intuitive witchy person maybe a bit like me you know there are some things that you feel and you see and and it just just feeling in it and if you put that passion out there like the universe will get back yeah. to you not trying to sound like a cliche here but it's it's true it's true i believe that that if you put that love and that passion into it it, it, it can totally come around you can really see and experience and win your your dreams to the max yeah and i strongly anyone, believe in that yeah and like you said it's almost like a feeling you get like and i feel like it's like the feeling kind of gets shot out there and then it's like your job to listen to it or not and the yes. more you listen to it you'll fall into like almost these cosmic like fucking beautiful situations of where your dream just appears in front of you in a way and it's hard to to explain it sounds like spacey as fuck but i've seen so many like examples just in my personal life where i'm like this shit is real (laughs) like it's insanely and how many times have you around the tape a bit to be like but like a few months ago or a year ago i was like i was here and thinking about this yeah and like the potential of that and just thinking about it and then you're there like just little it could be little things like little little things and i wish i could write them all down and i'm trying to write them all down these days and to really like really savor the moment because i was talking to some friends about this this week is when (coughs) when we um are working and you know in the north american lifestyle of work we're just go 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 on to the next you know, yeah. project completed, next. Project completed, next. This event, next. This thing, next. No one takes the time to savor and stop and really... Um, I mean, you can cherish the moment in the present. I try to really do that as well. But... Um, and I'm not perfect, but... But I feel like we just forget sometimes. And I'm trying to tap back in to every time there is a moment of true joy. Yeah. I don't really believe in happiness. I believe in joy. Mm-hmm. Joy is like this essence you know, and it's not a place, not like it's it's like all a journey and and it's just, it's a, it's a part of that. But any, every, anytime you feel a sense of joy in whatever you're doing and like to tap back into that in these moments that are just completely serendipitous or completely in alignment with who you are, um, like that's something I'm trying to remember, yeah, especially yeah. in really challenging times. Yeah, definitely. To definitely. really remember those, those experiences or remember these things or even a conversation with someone that is deeply moving mm-hmm. or seeing yourself transform. Um, that's something that's that I had an experience a couple of months ago where it's like, wow, I didn't know that this part of me existed. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like, like whoa, so cool. and it almost feels like almost in a, like a video game. Like you level up. It's like <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because although it doesn't feel like that part of you ever existed, it feels natural. Yeah, like almost it's always been there, and you had this information like, in you, but you didn't have the key to unlock it yet, or yeah, something like, like that. It's dope. It's actually me. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. Like it. <laughs> actually, um, it's it's cool that you said that you want to write all these things down and stuff because. Yeah. Like with like the cosmic stuff happening, and I feel like I don't do that enough too. Where I'm like, oh, I know I have all these examples and stuff, but um, 
somebody sparked a memory of something the other day uh, that just slapped me in the face of like how weird and spacey that was. But um, a few years ago, I was working with uh, this company, King of the Dot. It's mm-hmm. like a battle rap uh, league. Yeah. And I remember being on the train going, it was like one of my first times working with them. And on the way there, I felt like, I don't know what I'm doing in Toronto. I'm in, like, so much debt. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. But I'm doing this thing. I'm working with, like, I'm like, this. I guess this is going to be a cool day. But on the train, I was listening to a Raekwon album. It was uh, called Shaolin versus the Wu-Tang. The and, yeah, yeah, The Chef. So that, that was, like, the album that came out that summer. And I'm on the train. I'm listening to it. Go to the King of the Dot. I'm doing... Basically, they'd have the battles, and then I'd do backstage interviews. And we got so backed up with backstage interviews, I didn't get to see the end, the last couple of battles. And as I was, like, this is so crazy. This sounds like a made-up story. As I was, like, taking my equipment down after the last one or whatever, somebody runs up the stairs and, like, Sean, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm packing up. And they're like, you need to interview Raekwon. I, I'm getting goosebumps telling you. So I didn't know he was there, but the last two battles, they brought him out. He was, like, recording in Toronto or something. And I was like, what? Yeah, I'm like, Wu- Wu-Tang, yeah. Raekwon? And they're like, yeah, yeah, put your shit back together. What? And then so, oh, prior to this, too, there was, like, there was, like, this area where we usually get, like, people order pizza and stuff like that just for the staff. And, like, one came up, and I started eating it. And then as he's walking away, he's like, and who ate Raekwon's pizza? <laughs> <laughs> so there was still pizza left, but I had like four slices. Oh, shit. And then so Raekwon comes up, and my brain's like, what the fuck is life right now? Like, I'm trying to, like, think of questions, and, like, I don't know what he did out there or whatever. So I just, like, had the most mundane interview. I was just like, yeah, yeah, you enjoy your night? And it's just like, there's this loud voice in my head, like, what? the fuck is happening and then we, we so we have this little conversation i turn off the camera and it's like yo man like uh it's an honor to meet you like i, I was telling you like, on the way here i was like listening to shaolin and wu-tang and i didn't know you were coming and he was like oh that's so fucking awesome like asking me like what my favorite song is on it and stuff like that and we're, we're talking and then he looks at me and he's like hey man you you want some pizza <laughs> And and I'm just like, what the fuck is life? So that was like one of those cosmic things where it just felt like it just slapped me in the face. And it was also at the moment of me feeling so low. It's like part of me believes this is like something like, hey, Sean, don't leave Toronto. Don't you need to be in this. You need to do this. This is like and like that led me uh, like I didn't have the podcast yet, but that. Like a very long story short, King of the Dot and doing interviews with them inspired like the, the creative imbalance and everything. Like, so it's such like a weird yeah. fucking train. <laughs> and I I I don't really tell a lot of people that story too because it feels like I'm like nobody's gonna fucking believe me <laughs> type of thing. But <laughs> no, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so tangible. It's so yeah. tangible. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's, that's so possible for yeah. And but like that's awesome for you. And I I love that. It was like that reminder for you. Like don't give up. Like you have so much talent and mm-hmm. greatness to be shared. And like this is where you need to be. And that was yeah. That was that energy telling you like 
Raekwon yeah. wants to share some pizza with you. Yeah, yeah. He wants to chill. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know he listen. was here, but you were listening to him all day. Listen, like, it punched listen. me in the face. Yeah. It's like, yo, Sean, fi- you can f- you can figure out money shit somehow or whatever. Just stay in Toronto. Keep doing this. Keep working with these people. And, and yeah. here you yeah. are. And I'm talking to the legendary Ola right now. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no I'm, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's Have so you cool. had any moments where you felt like, I want to give all this shit up? give all of it up like just like get overwhelmed like tired or whatever like maybe think like hey maybe i can get like a real job and just like have my weekends and evenings or is this just such Mm -hmm. a part of you it's just this is such a part of me yeah 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 such a part of me now i see that in you too yeah Yeah. i love what i do i think the only time i've ever really felt that was um was just in other in other experiences when i'm when i'm pit up against a lot of adversity or a lot of other challenges um um yeah um in university um i was very sick uh had an eating disorder and uh i definitely went through a lot of those moments there for like over three years yeah that was really serious um that was when i was like doing a lot of things i was freelancing working retail commuting um like five to eight hours a day to go to school, you know, trying to pay for school, all these things. Um, Just, just really like on on the grind mode. And there were so many times where you're like, what is this worth? And just, we just keep pushing along because you're trying to find a means to like, you know, to, to, to push through and to make it all happen. Yeah. And like, that is, that's a, that was a huge time period for me where I was like, oh my gosh, like what is, no, what is it all worth? I don't even think I realized that until later because you have to have awareness, first of all. Yeah, yeah. It's almost but. like um, this internal, like, struggle you're going, f- like, uh, like uh, that's happening to you that yeah. you're not, you're unaware of. Like, did you feel like you were just kind of, like, in the routine of this? Totally, over and over? yeah. yeah, yeah. You're on autopilot, right? Yeah, you yeah. Into, and you get into autopilot on a lot of different things. I think I think the only time, it's it's never really a feeling, like, if, you're, if we want to talk in the present moment, it's never really a feeling of, like, wanting to give it all away, but it's it's... I think I'm, I've never been really good at, you know, checking in and being like, how is my health? How's my wellness? And it's not even about, it's not even about work. It's about, it's, it's not even about projects. It's about everything. Right. Um, so it's more of just, I think I'm on this constant journey just about being mindful about, um, what my needs are and how to balance things out. And like that was a huge lesson for me. But you get you forget you forget those lessons too sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And you it, get caught up in the in the spiral of what your your yeah. your day to day is. And I can see you as almost like a forward thinker all the time, like like just oh what's next, what's next, what's next, and not like really reflecting. And I feel like that's sometimes a problem I have too, where like sometimes I'll get stressed about something or just like where I'm going with like my work life or podcast mm-hmm. life, and it's just be like. It almost like I get this internal feeling that I haven't done nothing. And then I look back a bit and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. You've gone like a long way or whatever. But um, yeah. it's just like one example. But like, I forget what oh, there was a question I was going to ask you yeah, from that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. But okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, hmm. yeah, I apologize. No, I, had a, okay. I had a question at the end of my little like fucking ramble. I'm all no, over the no. place. You can take a moment to think oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's um, – it, that's a, I think that's just a natural constant struggle or thing 
that I'm always yeah. trying to work on. But mm-hmm. I think in any moment where you're experiencing something where it's like, like you're reminded of maybe that time or a time where, like, yeah, it brings you right back. Brings like, you right back. Right back into that mindset. And the thing and is, it's just so scary. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. Yeah. To get into that feeling again of like, oh my gosh, like this, this thing. Yeah, it's like you thing. feel it like in your chest almost. Yeah, like and you're like, what yeah. is that? And trying to be, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Trying to be more more mindful of that. But that's just on the general, just everything, you know, the general mm-hmm. life stuff. But, yeah. But, yeah. But I also think like when you go back and think of like those feelings too, like some people call it like a PS. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's trauma. PD, yeah, yeah. Totally. But, uh, but also, like, I feel like those sprinkles are supposed to be kept with you, too, to help other people. Like, if you meet mm-hmm. somebody who's gone through the same thing, you can, like, sit them down and guide them. It's like, hey, I've been here, and this is what I've done. And I don't know. It's interesting. My my own experiences, mm-hmm. and, there's all, and it's all, like, relative, and there's all, like, people, like, this is no comparison to anyone's adversity or challenges at all. Mm-hmm. Like... This is, I think a lot of my experiences drive maybe the compassion that I have or that I work to have. And it's a, it's a really huge foundation of the work that I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at that time in my life, like extremely isolating, like going back to talking about the stigma aspect. Yeah, right? like, yeah. You cannot talk about that, sh- that, that shit with people. Yeah, yeah. It's like, did you almost feel like you, if you were talking about it, you'd be bringing somebody else down with you as well? That, um, that is a factor. I mean, had a, like in any challenge that I've been through, I've always had the support of my family, my parents for sure. But in that time, I'm talking in terms of the mental wellness side of things and mental health aspect, people just didn't understand. Yeah. Don't grasp the concept. A lot of people still don't. Mm-hmm. People still don't. Yeah, there's lots of old school minded yeah. too, not yeah. evolving with everything. And it. like, you know, it's like when you, you know, do you ever talk to, do you, do you I'm sure you do. You might get into a conversation where, of course, you have to feel it out and be respectful about the other person's like boundaries. But yeah. like, I'm sure, do you ever test people when you're like hanging out with someone kind of new, and you're like, you bring up something like whether it's like religion or politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would try not to get into, but like, but or things that are really like socially um, yeah. driven or conscious or like anything mm-hmm. about that. I always sprinkle. Yeah, yeah. I always sprinkle. Like, Let's see how they respond. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like you know, like my Raekwon story or whatever. Yeah. I usually sprinkle in just something a little like cosmic that there's there's more to life than black and white like oh, yeah. but not i don't go too deep no, with it i, I, I just you. see i just see where uh, i get you i get you where, where and that sh- that shows like a lot of uh, like truth in people to me as well yeah. <laughs> like and yeah. i don't know i just find like the people i'm closest to like have a belief that there's like an extra magic to this world than what we see in a way mm-hmm. yeah and, and yeah, like, like yeah. So I do, I do sprinkle that out. Do you have like a go-to one that you like throw out there, like a religious thing, I'm not or like go there. no? <laughs> oh yeah, because somebody's gonna hear. It's like, hey, they did that. I'm not gonna Oma go there. Did that. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. Um, not today. That's okay. But, That's okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, no, and it's not out of like it's 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 seriously not out of you know anything yeah you're learning about somebody yeah you're learning about someone yeah Yeah. exactly exactly um (laughs) just you know putting your feet into the ocean a little bit being like okay yeah yeah. temperature here but um 
Yeah. I, lo- I love how you put it that way, too, because you made me realize I do that, but I never, like, realized realize I it. did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. realize it. And, <laughs> and, yeah, like, that's an example of, like, back then, and that and that's in a lot of different challenges that people face, especially with mental health, mm-hmm. could not. Like, a lot of people could not, you know. Even if, let's say, someone in your high school is going to see the counselor every lunch period. Like, no one could talk about that. No, no. They might tell one friend, but that, now it'd be like, yeah, I have therapy after work. You know, yeah, sorry, yeah. like, I gotta. Or the class finds out about it. Oh, she's fucked up. They're whispering oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so different. Yeah. It was really different. And, and yeah, it's just stuff that you you uh, don't, don't talk about. And also on a cultural mm-hmm. base, too. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, coming from immigrant family and and a lot of immigrant families a lot of you can't talk about those things still mm-hmm. so i'm blessed that i've had support but yeah there's definitely a lot of people that 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 don't understand those things and i think that's going back to the conversation aspect of doing podcasts as well as like if you talk about those things more often and and i'm very very thankful to everyone that has come forward to talk about a lot of personal things that's not easy mm-hmm. it's really vulnerable thing like what i'm doing even what i just told you like that's a lot of yeah, <laughs> yeah. knowledge maybe yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it's but it's the truth mm-hmm. um and so i'm very grateful to all everyone that has come forward with the truth about who they are and what they've been through and their experiences and their intentions for the world and themselves and i think like that yeah going back to the intention the root of my work on all fronts um feel a little bit more seen, understood, heard, felt, um, included Fuck yeah. in the fold. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah. we're at an hour right now. Okay. I think that's a perfect way to end it, but I just want to thank you for spending the time with me. This is like one of my favorite conversations I've had on the show. And yeah, I, I see you a lot in, in work mode too. And one like se- reason, like selfishly, I wanted to have you on this show is like, I'm like, there's layers to this girl. And you unfolded it for yeah, me today. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, people who are listening to this at home, if you want to check out any of Ola's work, just to let you know that each and every one of these episodes um, has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. We're going to share her podcast you'll see a picture of her and yeah <laughs> and anything else you want to say Ola? thank you sean for for thinking of me and for um having me on on the podcast it means a lot to me uh feel very very honored mm-hmm. feel very flattered to be thought of and included in the great work that you do uh thanks to the support of all of our artists as well it means a lot and um yeah i just uh i'm just very very grateful for the opportunities around and abound much love thank you much love thank Thank you thank you girth radio
walking the fine line between pagan and Christian.